Field notes, case 025, 16th of reading. Curiously, the subjects are again on the move. Carl's additional diary pages found in the forest suggest that the lumberfolk sent parties to investigate a meteor fall on Starfall Day. Result, the unit has charged through the forest, river, and to the edge of a volcanic mountain. Multiple ooze kinds disturbed, including a local doppeldrake now dead, and a host of vision-producing oozes. Subjects currently camping on the slopes of the crag. Status, continuing observation. So overnight, you battled with a doppeldreck and survived it. And now you have two options. You can uh, head up the mountain or you can head into the canyons. It is approximately 5 a.m. and it is a sunny day. Well, the sun is coming up. It is clear dawn time. Going back to the diary... Was there any indication that they were going down to the crags or going up the mountain? They basically said that they were watching the meteor uh, fall, the starfall day, uh, which is the annual meteor shower, and they heard a big crash in the direction of the mountain and had gone off to go look at it. Did we notice any lights during the nighttime? There were a couple, but they were really far off over by where you were earlier. Okay, gotcha. I'm guessing those were the jelly puddle ooze things then. All right. Can we see any like craters or impacts or anything? It is a basically a volcano, so it's full of that shit all over it. Well, we can get to the top of the mountain and see if we can see something from the top. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Let's go up. You follow the tracks to the top of a false summit on the hill to what appears to be an impact crater. Fine, sparkling black and golden orange sand covers the crater. In the center, something large once stood. Does anyone want to give me a perception check? I'm down. I'll give you a perception check. Oh, yeah. I got an 18. With an 18, you can see that drag marks lead from the center of the crater out of one of the edges of the impact area um, in what seems to be like an S-shaped pattern. A 25. And with the 25, you'll notice that in the sand itself, there's something glittering and kind of poking out. And if you would like to investigate it, there's something down there. I investigate. Excellent. Great. You have found obsidian arrows. I will send to you what that means technically, but they are super dope looking arrows that, uh, and there are... There are 12 of them. 
Sweet. Uh, She-Ra, I think you might uh, make better use of these than I would. You, 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 wanna, you want these? Yeah, well, thank you, Imogen. I would love to have these. There is also, beneath the arrows, a, a potion of resist fire. Resist fire, you say? Yes. It says it. It's mm. labeled on the bottle. That's how you know. It's like those old, what's the old Batman cartoons. I need the secret formula. And it's like a whole shelf of uh, bottles with blank labels. And there's one that says secret formula. So the obsidian arrows are plus one to damage versus a normal arrow. So whatever a normal arrow is, plus one. Um, but they have a fragile marker. So if you shoot them at like a brick wall, it'll shatter instead of causing damage. Because <clears throat> it glass. Is there anything that obsidian is particularly like effective against? Uh, no. Okay, cool. Not in this game. It's not Game of Thrones, unfortunately. Damn it. Oh. Yeah. Obsidian is just um, sharper, essentially, at arrows. So you've headed up the mountain, and here you are in an impact crater. What else are you guys going to do? You guys found some sweet treasure. Can we investigate those S-tracks or whatever? So like I said, they're S-shaped, and they lead back down the mountain. And the drag marks uh, and the tracks, they, they go together. So clearly something pulled something large down the mountain and towards the canyons. On these S-tracks, are they like one solid track or are there like a space in between them? So on the curves themselves, it's thicker and then it narrows out between Vaguely, them. But I have an idea of what it might be. <laughs> like how, how wide are they? Quite wide. They are about maybe 15 feet from one arc of the S to the other arc. No, I mean, like, the actual width of the track itself. Oh, um, like a foot and a half wide. It looks... Well, would he know... Uh, would my character know that, or would I have to roll for something? Your character is uh, a person who has lived places, so has likely seen creatures and has opinions about them. It looks like a snake track. Or some other serpent kind of thing, I agree, yeah. Yeah, instead of the tracks are a foot and a half wide, it's going to be a pretty damn big snake. <laughs> so those tracks lead away from the crater and back down into the canyons. Do you want to follow them? Do we see any signs of our lost party of lumber camp folks? No. Up here, you don't. You see uh, the, the feet, foot marks, the tracks, those are the words, uh, lead up here, and then they seem to follow... Uh, the snake track that you see as well. Going the same direction as the snake track then. Yeah, as though those people came up here and then followed them. It's a little ominous right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm like, uh, what is it? Is it like a weird Medusa creature that can like... I don't know. Dante's like polishing his shield. Did anyone else get do a perception check? There was a 25. I remember. I did a perception check, but it was low. It's like 13. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Never mind. Cool, cool. We'll just have to find out the hard way. Chill. Chill. No pee. No no problemo. No pee. No pee, Eli. No pee. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's what the people say. Well, I figured out we've explored this area and we should head down to the canyons. 
All right, so you follow these tracks into the canyons, and it's a pretty consistent and easy track to follow. As you sink into the canyons, tall walls of jagged obsidian start to rise around you. The ground, previously hard stone, is now covered in a soft layer of ash and black sand, with specks of golden dust sprinkled in. The footprints that you've been tracking are very obvious at this point, uh, and they form a single trail spiraling down into the depths of the canyons. As you continue, the icy chill of winter fully subsides, and you're starting to feel quite warm. The path leads into a tunnel. You have kind of gone down into the canyons themselves, and now uh, there is a hole in the rock that is dark, and it's a tunnel cave type of thing. Can we light a torch and go in? You know, look around? Yeah. Uh, I'll say we do a little quick perception check of the area. Check, see if there's any traps. Okay, give me a perception check. Natural 20, so 29. Woohoo, 20, 26 for me. 27. One. Briggs <laughs> over in a corner kicking a rock. Briggs is picking his nose. Briggs has no idea where he is. Well, with a 29, you, you notice one thing in particular, Shira. You notice that this mixture of ash and uh, glittery black sand with like this golden fleck in it, that you've seen it before, and that actually there have been specks of it kind of all over these monsters that you have fought before. Specifically, the hornet in the lumber camp um, had specks of this around it, and like Widgeon's body had some near it. That pretty much most of the monsters you've seen have had this strange mix of sands. What about that obsidian powder we found? That obsidian powder is this. Cool. So there's a connection here. In addition to that, you notice a bear trap laid directly at the mouth of the tunnel here. Excellent. I'm going to let my companions know that there is this bear trap and to not go any further, and I do so in a very dramatic fashion, splaying my arms out and be like, Stop! There's a trap here. D- Dante, Dante gasps. <gasps> the fantasy equivalent of a mom arm? <laughs> yes, 100%. So go ahead and give me a thievery check. Or, or you know, you could leave it there and just go around it. You could do that as well. Because it could be a trap if someone's following us. Maybe that trap was set on purpose. I have a suspicion it was set on purpose, Dante. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> it is a bear trap. They're not naturally occurring. Of course. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe they got they saw something and it chased them down into the canyons. They set up a trap to be like, we're going to hide out in the canyons because it got us here. And secretly, the snake creature is up looking down upon us being like, disable that trap for me. Do it. You know what I'm saying? Are we sure? It came from space. So it's a space snake and it's going to get us. <laughs> I want to disable the device. I want to. I want to. Yeah, because I'm assi- assuming this is like a big enough trap, bear trap that it probably would get us, and it would be easier to go through the cave if 
it wasn't there. Yeah, if we had to make a run for it, we don't have to run by it next and step on him. That's Disable you. the device. Disable the device. Go ahead and give me a thievery check, then. I'm rolling well when it counts. I got a natural 20, which brings it up to a 31. Jeez. You, like, walk up, you know exactly- you've seen this model before, and you just press, like, one button and it springs shut, but in a way that is not scary. And you may take it if you would like, or you can leave it where it is. It's a single bear trap. Well, that's ballin'. I'm totally taking that with us. Yeah, was that a- was that a critical success? Uh, yes. Is that a thing? Sweet, yes. Uh, uh, checks now have critical success, success, and critical failure uh, trademarks, oftentimes. And Shira did such a badass job that not only does she leave no trace of the tampering, but uh, she can easily rearm the device later uh, if it if it can be rearmed. Which it absolutely can because it's a bear trap. So you can have that. So now you've got a bear trap. <laughs> All right, you have disabled the bear trap. Uh, congratulations, I'm very proud of you. Would you like to keep going? Yeah, let's, let's do it. The tunnel is dark as pitch. When the party enters, they cannot pretty much see anything. Even you, with dark vision? It's, it's dark. It's like there's, there's almost nothing to see. Okay. Uh, it's not like dim, it's just... Empty. Dark. Oh. I would like to light a torch. What if I made you give me, like, a check for lighting a torch? I'm not going to make you do that. Give me a strength check for lighting a match. (laughs) Break that fucking match. (laughs) Okay, with that, you guys can... You look around, and it's pretty obvious you're in an ancient lava tube. Uh, The rock itself is polished and smooth um, and undulating, and it continues uh, around a corner from where you are, and it's very hard and your reflection, not quite your reflection, but the reflection of the light seems to shine off of it. And it's super duper cool. Is it any discernibly hotter? Yeah, the second you guys got up to these uh, lava, like you you went into the canyons, it stopped being cold. It was probably about 70 in the canyons. Now that you're entering into this temperature wise, you guys are, are reaching into the 80s. It's getting warmer as you walk. Do we hear anything? Uh, not really. Brent, stop. Okay. Echoing footsteps. That's what you hear. Also, it smells really bad. It starts to smell like sulfur. Like sulfur and brimstone? <laughs> so the good news is I can cast Endure Elements... Uh, the bad news is I only have two instances of it, so only two people. Um, Imogen won't take it for herself, but if two people want to be protected from severe heat, um, I can I can do that for them. How long does that last? It is until the next time I make my daily preparations, aka like 24 hours. Okay. Uh, any of y'all want to be um, uh, uh, comfortable while we... Uh, Traverse this lava tube, Briggs, Shira. Uh, I guess. Oh, I don't think I particularly need it. Then I'll take it if she doesn't want it. Screw it. All right, 
so it takes uh, 10 minutes of me gesturing and intoning uh, to Torog. Uh, and be chill, bro. <laughs> Dante just looking at Shira being like, oh man, this just feels so good in here. And Shira rolls her eyes. <laughs> And and the ladies are just sweating now, just ugly sweat. <laughs> we don't sweat, we glisten. As you glisten and you continue down into this lava tube, you make the turn and you're probably now uh, starting to approach like the high 80s, low 90s. There are cracks in the, the floor of this tube and you can see a, a, a dull orange glow coming from it. You've come now to a fork in the path. To the right, you can see something catching your eye, something sparkly, and in the other direction, those S-tracks keep going, the ones that you've been following. Because we are now in a lava tube. It's just like sand that you can see, and they're, they're a little less obvious than they were before, but there is like hard rock kind of around you. I feel like the sparkly thing is a trap, but it could be something that helps us. Can, um, on one of those cracks where you can see the glow through, can I, like, apply a little pressure, you know, like, putting your foot out and kind of putting a little pressure on it? Not your full body weight, see if it breaks or anything? Uh, yes, you, you can stick your hand in the direction of it. Ooh, no, 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 I mean, like, take my foot and kind of push on it. Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Would I roll for that? You're not going to roll anything for it. You're going to do it, and it's minus one to your HP because it melts your shoe a little bit. That seems right. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, we're like on the, I was going to do, like, not a place, like, directly over it, but, like, on the edge of it. If we're, like, walking around, we don't, like, just fall through. Too late. You already, you already in my mind, stepped right on that motherfucker, and uh, it, like, a bubble that's barely kind of in there pops and um, fills the the room with just a a smell that's even stinkier. So you're kind of at a crossroads. So we got to choose. To one direction, the tracks continue. To the other direction, something sparkling catching your eye. I mean, I've got that dwarven avarice, so I'd like to go for the sparkly thing personally. Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do it. You take about three or four steps and you start to see this eerie glow of a small cavern and you can pretty easily see between your torchlight and uh, the, the cavern itself glowing a little bit that this cavern is filled with beautiful glowing crystals, including what appear to be diamonds all over the entire ceiling. Oh my Torag. Are any of them red crystals? They're a mix, so it's like, think of a gym, it's in there. You pry a few of them loose? Pry some of the, like, close ones near, because I, I feel like these are going to be, like, some weird crystalline bats. It's too late! I'm prying them all! <laughs> ah! So you guys are prying, are trying to pry off, let's say, one of the larger gems in the wall. Are you all physically inside of this cavern at this yeah. point? Dante is still at the entrance. He's, a, he's in it, but he's at the entrance. Okay. He's standing guard, just in case something comes down that, that hall. He's not as in, uh, intrigued with the diamonds and stuff, but he knows we gotta eat. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. 
Um, Dante, so Dante is in the room, but barely in the room. Yes, he's right at the edge, at the entrance. He's guarding the entrance of the room inside the room. Okay, well, so as you, as your little dwarven hands wrap around uh, one of these uh, beautiful crystals on the wall and attempt to dislodge it, I'm going to need you all to give me a will saving throw. Oh, is this a magical effect? Uh, yes. Oh, baby. Listen. Uh, oh, I'm so freaking excited and scared. Um, this is a part of my dwarven heritage. I can call on ancient blood. Uh-huh. So I attempt a saving throw against a magical effect, but I haven't rolled yet. And I get a plus one. Mm-hmm. So it's a will check, you said? It's a will check, yep. Okay, I got a 29. I got a 13, but I also have an ancestry feat called Haughty Obstinacy, where any success, um, successful saving throw on a mental effect is a critical success. That's cool. Okay, uh, and then uh, what did Briggs get? 16. And Sarah, what did you get? Uh, well, I'm going to spend my hero point because I got a nat one. So I'm going to spend my hero point and try again. Uh, second roll, uh, seven on the die for a total of an adjusted 20. I'm willful as fuck, bitch. This is me buying time. Okay. Uh, yeah, you failed. Okay, so Lauren and Cody, you both feel this strange um, compulsion to step deeper into this cavern until you are, the both of you are holding on to crystals uh, the same way that Imogen is. And so all the three of you are all holding on to these crystals, Imogen because of your greed, the other two of you because of this hypnotic lure. And then, Dante, you're still standing more or less at the mouth of this cave. Uh, Dante, you have your first move, and all you've noticed thus far is that two of your friends have sort of creepily walked in and put their hands against these crystals, and they're sort of looking blankly at the crystals and, like, petting them. And you are still standing at the edge and the room itself seems to be shaking a little bit. And then as you are standing there watching it, the entrance to the room starts to close. Oh, these are hard decisions. Fuck. I'm going to stay in the room this time. I'm, I'm in it. Um, What's around me? Is it just crystals or anything? It's like a, like, think of Are a there cave. Any boulders or any type of thing. Just that... a cave full of various crystalline stalactite stalagmites. Like, the walls are, are basically just covered in crystals. And you say this room is closing? Uh, the way that you came in through is starting to close. Like, there's a boulder, traditional just boulder coming down. Yeah, like the wall above it is, and the wall below it are just pinching off and closing. All right, Dante uh, has his uh, spear ready, and he's going to throw. Dante's going to do it. He's going to throw once and bust one of the crystals of, we'll say the greedy one, the one that's not ensnared. We're going to say Imogene to, like, um, to, like, get her attention. I mean, 
Why are you gonna break my diamond? <laughs> well, you're the one that's not under the spell, so that's my guess. At least I don't. Maybe it's I don't. also a diamond, y'all. Whatever. We'll have a bunch of diamonds. We can all carry a piece out real quick. Anyways. But I don't know if the diamond is going to break on a javelin throw. Well, I aim for the rock above it. Who knows if it's an actual diamond? It could be a a weird demon illusion. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Or a cubic zirconium. No! Some that fake CZ shit. (laughs) Um, I, I, exactly. I got a 22. Uh, that's a hit. Okay. I'm gonna let you have out of this. Uh, go ahead and tell me how much damage. That is a six total. Okay, this is what happens. You throw your returning javelin, and it actually glances off the surface of a diamond, because it's a diamond. Yes. Um, but it lodges itself in the wall between some of the, cr- the various gemstones, uh, and does... Six damage, but it'll be another movement to recall it. I'm going to movement to recall it. Okay. To get it back. Hmm. And you have a third movement. I do, and I, and I have no reason to... Hmm. Hmm. And there's nothing near me that I could wedge in the door. You have a javelin. Huh? You have a javelin. I might get rid of my javelin. Um... They're pretty bad. bad you also have a scimitar. I do have a scimitar, and then I do have and an shield. adamantine battle axe. So I'm going to wedge, because I, I remember the adamantine's pretty strong, right? It's strong. Okay, I'm going to use it to wedge uh, on the closing door, so if it starts to close, it might stop it okay. from closing. Yeah, I'm going to say the, the doors are closing not super fast, Yeah. But like noticeably, yeah. And um, when you wedge it in there, it seems to to slow it. Okay. Okay. Next up is Sarah. What you doing? Uh, so Dante did indeed get my attention, and I am quite perturbed at him for trying to mess with my diamond. Uh, but I uh, look up and I see my other two companions. Do I? Is it very obvious that they seem to be under some sort of thrall? Uh, yes, because they've started muttering to themselves a uh, pretty crystal over and over again. Pretty yeah. crystal. Yeah. Oh, boy. So with my uh, first action, I'd like to try to uh, do a knowledge check to determine what uh, effects they may be under. What What could I roll for that? We'll see if you can identify this monster. Um, do you have dwarven lore? I do. I do have dwarven lore. Okay, give me a dwarven lore check. Hell yeah. What hope a dwarf did. Ooh, baby, that's an 18. With this check, you you think back to what the dwarves have told you about them, especially the mountain dwarves, and you you remember a legend told to you when you were a child about uh Dwarves who were mining, searching for uh, precious gems, and they would come across this monster that was a room itself, and they called it a Glimmer Hollow. And this Glimmer Hollow is an ooze that actually is enormous. It's the size of the whole room. Glimmer Hollows are 
super dangerous and they they often laid in wait for months and months looking for somebody who was greedy enough to try to get the gems inside. Um, the other things that you remember are that the gems themselves are, in fact, real. Uh, they are real gems on the inside, so there's that. And the final thing that you remember is that this thing is very vulnerable to sonic attacks. And that in the, the tales told to you when you were a child of the miners attacking or being, being attacked by Glimmer Hollows, that folks had actually used sonic spells to uh, avoid n- near certain death. Huh. All right. Uh, do I have any idea about how I might break this uh, hold on my companions? You think to yourself, maybe it's something they've got to do themselves. Boy, I sure wish I had a prepared sound burst today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in that case, I will. My full complement of movement is 15 feet. I am very slow, so I will move 15 feet closer towards the the doorway, uh, shouting out to Briggs and Shira as I go. Y'all gotta get out! Y'all gotta get out! And then, uh, with two actions, I'm going to cast Searing Light. Uh, Searing Light, unlike the 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 ceiling, uh, uh, just like shooting it straight up. Hit me with with that. How how much hit did you do? Ooh, eighteen on the die for a twenty eight. Great, um, that's a hit. Is it a yeah? Is it a is it a crit by chance on on the creature? Uh, a twenty yes, a twenty eight is a crit. Thank you for saying something because I keep forgetting. Looking at our cards, uh, the magic is a wild surge. Normal damage and normal damage of a random energy type. So, uh, do you want to just choose an energy type? Sonic! Is Sonic an option? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a kind of magic. So, uh, if you want to change your spell to a Sonic-based holy spell, you may. So, y'all, uh, since I crit on this, uh, it would normally be 10d6, uh, but since uh, it's normal damage, it's only um, 5d6, but it's 5d6 Sonic. Motherfuckers! Yeah, You're it's good, because this, this thing's gonna fucking kill you. So that's 16 points of Sonic damage, and if it does twice as much to this creature, that means that's 32 points of Sonic damage. This is coming through in the clutch. Can you hit me with that Street Fighter? Like a Sonic boom! And fucking... <laughs> that's what I want to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I do my normal searing light. Torog, I need your fire! Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, yeah, your, your, your sound works too, sure! And it's Torah going, hey! <laughs> hey, uh, Sarah, that is two moves. No, three moves. Cody, uh, you are stuck in the thrall of the Glimmer Hollow. Uh, your only thing that you get to do on your turn at this point is a charisma save. All right, 16. 
Uh, you basically lean closer to the shiny gem, and you you keep you just keep muttering to yourself like so beautiful. Uh, so it is now the Glimmer Hollow's turn. Um, it is going to use a special ability. The special ability is called Engulf. It is where it attempts to engulf all of you and suffocate you. So everyone who is inside of it, go ahead and give me a DC. Nope, I'm not going to tell you what this number is because that is not how this works. Give me a reflex saving throw. Uh, 23 for Imogen with a 17 on the die. Thank goodness. As a 27 from Dante. Okay. I rolled a 16. My reflex is 11. Plus 2 for Charmed Life. And Shira has... Shira has 24. Okay, so what happens is you see the ground itself sort of swell up by all of your feet and start to wrap around like your ankles. But you, all of you, managed to dodge for its second move. Okay, it is going to essentially launch its crystals at you guys so that it hurts you. Uh, specifically, it is going to aim at Cody, who is in its thrall, or at Briggs. Uh, that is a crit failure. That's a one. Uh, so it fails on that. I have an ability for a crit failure. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you may take an advantage of my opening from your enemy's attack, make a melee strike against the triggering foe, or an attempt to disarm it. Okay, go ahead and make a melee attack then. 15. That is a hit. Five damage. Some of the crystals sort of start to crumble around you. Not all of them, but just like one or two. And so for its last move, it is going to... Go ahead and do another launch of its crystals. And this time it's going to aim at Shira, who's also creepily stroking a crystal. Um, 27. Yeah, you, you hit me. 3d8 plus 4. D8s, D8s. It's a diamond. This almost. is the part where I start. Almost. That's wrong. Almost. This one? Almost. That yeah. one? Okay. I think so. so that's 16. Okie doke. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Lauren, it's your turn. Uh, you need to give us a charisma based save. Okay. Um, I got an 18. Yay! You have broken from the thrall. Of the cavern. Woo. Woo. So I have a question, and this yes. is this is random. Could possibly the obsidian arrows that she got, if they hit other crystals, could it make a sonic noise, or does it have to be specific sonic? This is a fair question. I appreciate it, Brendan. I would not recommend it. Like, go okay. do whatever you'd like. I just took some cough syrup, so I'm rocking and rolling right now. So nice. I have questions. All the questions. Nice. Um, I'm going to then use my short sword and take a take a jab at the rock. 
And that'll get me a 28 to hit. Pick crits. Uh, so slashing does double damage and a 1d4 of bleed. Okay, so that's 10 points of damage there. I'm going to go ahead and try and slash it again with this uh, short sword. That's going to be a 23. That is not a crit, but it is a hit. And that does two points of damage. So you guys are starting to feel like, huh, about half of this cavern is starting to dissolve now. Brent, it is your turn. Okie dokie. Well, Dante noticed that Shira had hit the, you know, the actual dirt in the ground versus the diamond, so he's going to attack the ground as well with his javelin. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. Can I do like a check to see if there's any like bigger patches of dirt, maybe somewhere that's not? I don't think you have to do a check. You have eyes. I have eyes. Uh, so I mean, the the ground itself where you're standing seems pretty clear. I'll just give that to you. Versus, because you're you're near the exit. Okay. Um, further in, it's more like these crystal stalagmites. Well, it depends. Are on the floor and the up top? Doesn't matter. Stalagmites are on the ceiling, and stalactites are on the ground, and you see both. It's the opposite. Stalactites have to hang on tight to the ceiling. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I always thought it was stalactites have a G in it, so that's why they're on the ground, but maybe I got that wrong on the test. They both have Gs. (laughs) Stalactites. Stalagmites. Wait, no, Eli is right. Eli is right. I'm looking at it right now. What? Fuck you guys. Stalagmites are on the floor. G, ground. Stalactites on the ceiling. C, ceiling. Boom! Anyway, point is... I rolled, I got an 18 plus 9, so 27 for a hit. Yep. And... And that's a crit. That is a crit? Yes. Dope! Um, and this is slashing damage? This is a forceful sweep. It's a piercing. Double damage, and plus 4 to your AC for one round. I got a 9 damage, pull a times 2, so so 18. 18 damage. Yes. Y'all, I'm proud of you guys for fighting this thing. Uh, cool. Sarah, uh, no, or, no, no Brent, you're still you just, going? You just hold them horses You've had, right you've there, had one punchy punch at it. Listen here. Now I've got some do. cough syrup. We're about to get wild. All right. All right. I'm going to hit it again. And you said one plus. One again. So 20. Is it a That's hit? That's a hit. Okay. It has bad, it's bad at defense, you guys. Um, it is, that is eight points of damage. Okay. And what is it, a, my, is it a minus ten? Minus ten on the next attack. Fuck. What'd you get? That is a ten plus nine minus ten, so it's a nine. Yeah, that's not a hit. Yeah. Alright. That's a shot, guys. Next up, Sarah. Am I in touching distance of Shira? Uh, we'll say you moved past him to get next to Dante, so you can move again to get to, to Shira. Yeah, uh, Eli, am I in striking distance of the ooze from where I am right now then? Yes. I mean, it's all around you. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, 
uh, heave back with soot heart and just slam into the ground like I am uh, a Super Smash Brothers character. You're going for the down smash. Hell yeah. Fantastic. Hell yeah. You're doing that Kirby turns into a rock and slams to the ground. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 22 on the on the first strike. Okay. That's a hit. For seven points of damage. I'm going to take uh, another another swing at a minus five. Uh, with a freaking nat 20, motherfucker! Whee! Noise! 24, uh, which would be a hit. And since it's a crit, uh, nat 20 on the die, that bumps it up to a critical hit. Your crit card is Bell Ringer, normal damage, and 1d2 int damage, and sickened for 1d4 rounds. 19 points of bludgeoning damage. And by God, I'm going to swing for the fences. May as well. This is at a minus 10 penalty. Uh, uh, oh, we'll see. It's a 13 to hit. No. No canduzels. Ah, and that's my turn. Your blade kind of, or your hammer hits and just kind of pounces off. Boing. Yes, it boings off the ground. Cody, I'm going to let you go. All right, so another charisma check? Yes, please. 14. That's not going to do it, buddy. <laughs> What's your charisma modifier? Two. Hmm, you just got to roll better. <laughs> okay, uh, so you are, you continue to stroke the crystals. Actually, what you start to notice is, uh, what not you, Briggs is very much enthralled with how shiny everything is. What everyone else starts to notice with their eyes is that the walls of this cavern are starting to kind of jellyify. And actually chunks of of the, the far end of this cavern are actually collapsing in on each other, on itself, basically. And some of the larger, more ostentatious crystals are actually just melting into ooze. And in general, this is this creature is not looking good at all. So what it is going to do with its first move is a slam attack. It's going to go ahead and attack Lauren. So Shira is standing there and essentially part of the wall is going to jelly goop out and slap her. Jelly goop backhand. And um, that is a 18. And my AC is a 19, so that does not hit. Ooh, oh, not a hit. All right, and then something else you guys are starting to notice is that the axe that is holding the way out wedged open, it is starting to, everything around it is starting to goopify. So it's sort of, the way out is sort of melting around you. And... Um, it's melting around the axe. Right. It is going to go ahead and do another uh, melee attack, this time against Bryn slash Shantae. So, because you heard it good. Yeah. A 30? A 30? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it hits you. Yep. That is gonna be... What's your HP? Don't ask questions. What? How much damage did you do? Twenty-five. 
That's a pretty good hit right fucking there. It's the last thing. It's not going to attack because it's probably not going to do good at that. Uh, and instead, it is going to completely seal off the way and sort of spit your adamantine axe out at you and aggressively melt around you guys. Uh, Shira, you're up. I'm going to take this aggressive melting and use it as a target for my desperate slashing. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to use my short sword and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a 15. Barely. Just barely. Which is great. <laughs> and that's five points of damage. It is melting bad, you guys. It's starting to get gross enough that, like, your legs are starting to, like, sort of sink into this ooziness. Yeah, I'm going to attack it again just so that we don't keep sinking and hopefully it doesn't suffocate us. I rolled a natural 20. Um, Yahoo! Even with the minus five for the second thing, that becomes a 28. uh, Excellent. Fantastic. Most good. Uh, Slashing damage? Slashing. Delayed wound. Normal damage and target takes bleed damage equal to your normal damage. Although I will add the bleed damage I forgot to add in the last round to this attack. Ah, that's three points of damage. Okay, three points of damage plus the two points of damage it just took from um, its bleed in its previous round. And that is the perfect amount exactly to kill the Glimmer Hollow. Praise be. Holy Torag. So all around you, it starts to melt. Um, like the ceiling itself basically falls, uh, falls in and turns into this kind of like gross clear jelly. And then it, the jelly itself starts to just dissolve into, like it sinks into the floor itself. So um, it gets absorbed by the ground. And all that is left is a big old pile of diamonds. Oh! <laughs> plus one green diamond that is especially schmance. Schmancy? Is there anything special about it or is it just It's worth a lot of money. Cool, 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 cool. A lot of money? Yes. Dope. Yes, and I won't make you, I'll just say how much they're worth. So the whole bag full of diamonds is 1,000 GP. Jesus. And the green diamond is 3,000 GP. Jesus, I have 150 left over. Fuck, we about to get some custom armor. <laughs> you get armor, you get armor. Who wants armor? You get some armor. Um. Hey, way to go. Sweet, thank you. So I'm going to cast... I have a, a, a heightened heal spell, which allows me to do, and I'm going to spend all three actions on it to do a 30-foot emanation. So this will catch both Dante and Shira and Briggs. If you got hurt too, this will get you too. Here we go. Let's do it away from the monster so we don't accidentally heal it. Nine points of healing on the first one, uh, three on the second. So all said and done, that's a total of 12 points of uh, healing. Fallen, thank you. I got you. The only way to go now is back the way that you were gonna go, uh, which is following these S-shaped tracks again. 
So the cavern leads to a large room where part of the ceiling has caved in. Shafts of light uh, illuminate the space. Large boulders sit underneath this skylight 20 feet above. Here you find the last remains of the people who appear to be lumberjacks, Jills, and Janes. The S-shaped tracks from this room clearly head towards the back where they disappear on the other side of a river of lava, essentially, and then continue down another tunnel. Y'all want to look around? Uh, sure. Can we do a perception check? Yeah, you can give me a a perception check. 15? 17? You can tell that all of the people in here died from magic, and, um, and that that's the main thing that you can see. They're not like stabbed to death. Gotcha. But they are dead. Real dead. And there's approximately twelve people. Well this magic, can I do a arcana to see what's going on there? Uh it was like weeks ago. That's the other thing that you can see. And and they're dressed like lumber, Jackson Janes and folks. Jill's, uh, yes. Yeah, they they are almost definitely the search party that you were looking for. They all dead. And uh, Dory was a part of the search p- party, right? Jory's wife. Yes. Is is there is there somebody wearing a a, a necklace that has Dory spelled out in cursive? There's a lumberjane sprawled uh, in like one corner. And uh, her arm has a jewelry tattoo with a heart and an arrow. So you... <laughs> that is exactly the joke I was going to try and make. <laughs> no, Dory! Assume that it's Dory. Good, I'm glad. Uh, does she, is she carrying anything on her person? Yeah, everybody in here has uh, hand axes. They all basically have shitty hand axes um, and shitty boots. Um... Question: How many people were in here? Would you say approximately twelve? Twelve people. Yep. Hmm. All of them are wearing red flannel. Once again, as is tradition, Dante would like to burn the bodies because he does not like undead, and he feels like something is going to happen. Conveniently, there is a river of lava directly in the back of this room. Dante is going to start. Do we check them for anything important before we burn them all? Yes, we should before Dante Anakin's them. And and, and technically, they're Anakin because they do not have the higher ground as I toss them into lava. So, yes. um, Yeah, Yeah, if you want to do a search, you can Um, just do a. Uh, do a thievery check, somebody. Oh, dope. Yes. <laughs> I just I just I, wanted to whip a thievery out. I have hella thievery. I will do this thing. I got 29. Because I'm a rogue. You are searching their bodies, and they're poor folk with shitty axes, to be honest. They ain't got much. Um, you do find uh, in Dory's back pocket... A, a journal similar to Jory's, except all the pages have been ripped out, so it's just like a husk of a leather notebook. So it's like the outer binding. Yeah, the outer binding. Can we tell if the the ones we those three we have so far? Uh, if the three clues came from this bo- this book? Yeah. 
They did not come from this book. They're the wrong page size. So this is Dory, and those seemed to be written by Jory. Ooh. And they had separate but Matching equal journaling habits. Dory's the woman. Mm. Uh, Jory's a dude. Super easy because their names are so very different. Uh, I will. I would like to note that Dante is putting gold coins out of his purse on the dead folks' eyes as he p- floats them into the lava pit. The Viking funeral over here. <laughs> Fantastic. As you're moving the first body to flip them into the lava river and they kind of start to sink underneath um, and catch on fire simultaneously, yes. uh, similar to the ring in Lord of the Rings, except I don't remember if it caught on fire or not. It, did. Anyway. it actually floated and then sunk in. Yeah, so they kind of float for a second yeah. and then because of the viscosity of uh, molten rock. Yeah. And so... Uh, you you walk over there and it, kind of illuminated by the glow of this this lava fire, which is also super duper hot over there. In case you're wondering, I have heat protection. Yeah, but you're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> you're sweating. You gotta glisten. Still, you're, at least one of your crows is like uh is hot, and you see those big s snake tracks. They go into the river and out the other side, and you can see that the tunnel continues on. Ooh, so we need to stack them bodies with gold coins in their eyes, and then we gotta jump across this lava pit using the bodies. So stepping stones. <laughs> this this guy over here who's like, uh oh, let's not desecrate these bodies, and now is like, hey, let's jump on them. I wasn't saying desecrate. I am now a neutral good, and uh, <laughs> so I, I see that we have to use them in order to get across, and they're dead, and I'm giving them the burial, and they're going to be fine uh, in the grace of Sarah and Ray. Um, but I'm also going to use them as a, I'm also going to use them as a human bridge. So deal with it. Yeah, you're balancing out your shitty decision with your good decision, right? <laughs> Karma is neutral. All I'm saying is there are some fluid morals here. So Sarah herself just rolled in. Uh, Sarah just rolled in int check, and Sarah thinks that's an insane idea. <laughs> good. Don't forget, you saw yes, a bunch of dead bodies. Yes, a skylight. Yes, some boulders. Yes, these tracks. Those are the things that are in this room. I think Dante's gonna stick with the bodies. Saren Saren Ray provides. He was giving them a proper burial, and give Saren Ray lit the path that needs to be across this. But all right, so if you're gonna do that, go ahead and give me a oh, fuck. What check? This is gonna be a religion. Be? Give me a fucking religion check. <sighs> Holy shit! If I could have it. I never rolled a perception. Can I roll a perception to find the bridge that crosses the lava stream before Dante does this? <laughs> yes. I only got a 15. It's okay. With a 15, you can see there is not a bridge. Okie dokie. The only thing Dante sees is a human bridge, so let's get it done. Crafting? Yeah. Yeah. Are you trained in crafting? No, (laughs) I'm not going to craft a human bridge. (laughs) Okay, then it's it's religion. We'll do that. Not an athletics check? No, just let it happen. He has to make it in a burial-y way. That's a religion check right there. He's making an argument for it. All right. Okay, sorry. I, I'm I'm not going to let this go. If the body is sinking into the lava and you leap onto the body, you're just going to f- just 
fall right through. There How far are, across is this? Okay. Is right. of lava. Let's let's go ahead and be honest with this right here. There are twelve this, bodies. This is like you trying to like jump a pool on pool noodles. It's not gonna work. And you can't stack the bodies. That's not gonna work. It's molten lava and it's pretty <laughs> thick. A B, I would have to say that there are twelve bodies, and if there was enough pool noodles, you could walk across water. Ooh. I'm gonna go ahead and fucking say it. Negative. I'm gonna fucking say it. <laughs> and I have the grace of Sarah Ray, who's lit the path for me, and this is the way. And I rolled a twenty-five, so I'm gonna at least get he gonna die. Uh, well, if he does anything other than die for this foolhardiness, there's some serious burn damage. <laughs> We're going for it. I'm going for it. Dante's on this. He's like, this do you want me to is, tell you how way. wide the river is? Yeah, I was going to ask how wide it is. Sure, good point. That is a good question. It's twenty feet wide. Oh my god! Alright, so an av- the average person is roughly about, we'll say on the short end, they're five, five feet, feet tall. Five feet tall. They're short okay. folk. Okay, and if you stack them too t- too high, got some rope. No, rope burn out. Also, the first one you put in did catch on fire. That's fine. I'm heat- It sits on the top and then catches on fire. And then you stack another one on top. I'm just letting you know. It's like a, it's like a double decker. I'm going to ask how big is the boulder that was next to the River of lava. That's the easy way, Cody. It's too easy. It's too easy. Uh, the boulder that is that Cody asked about is uh, ten feet tall. It's about ten by five by five. We'll let into the. It's only ten feet. We got to jump, or ten feet. We got to go. But if it's a ten foot tall boulder, that's fucking huge. Ten by five by five. Ten by five by five. Let's do some math. Quick maths. You know what I'm saying? This is fucking physics. Two hundred and fifty. Yeah, but if we're all pushing it. Oh my god, is it is it the NyQuil that he took? Is that what's happening? Jesus, it is the NyQuil. Oh, the NyQuil is kicking in, guys. You, you, I told you. Sarah, Sarah, so you did also notice earlier, um, like, theoretically, you could do some crazy shit on the walls. Thank God. Let's climb up to the skylight or whatever and climb the other side. The- Wait, some crazy shit on the walls? Please do explain <laughs> what the fuck that means. I'm going to go ahead and call it out. We're on calling out session here. I got fucking bodies are jumping on. And you're like, do some great. What is this fucking, uh, what's the Assassin's Creed? What are you going to like run on the side and do some shit? Like, what's, I don't fucking get it. The, um, so the walls are not perfectly flat. They are, uh, because it's a lava tube, there's, indentation so it's uh concave and in parts of it and convex in other parts of it does that make sense i really appreciate that we're getting into some serious cave terminology in this adventure so math (laughs) and geometry (laughs) yes (laughs) let's do that instead let's athletics our way uh uh, up and around. Yes, please. You, you want us to carry you, though. <laughs> so you can either do an athletics or an acrobatics check on this guy. If you're going to do the wall method. Ath- athletics for Imogen, please. Alright, go ahead. An 11 on the die for a 17. A 17? Ooh. You make it most of the way across, but then you slip and fall into some magma. Wait, shit. But turns out Dante But had, you're very... <laughs> Dante had already made a dead human bridge. 
Okay, no. With a roll of twenty-five. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you um, you're you're basically like most of the way there. Um, it's just like let's say your waist down that uh hits the magma, and the other part of your body hits the other side. Um, so you'd be able to pull yourself onto the other side. Sand's legs. Damage-wise, though, let's do uh, 3d8. <laughs> uh, Jesus. 19. Fire damage. Oh! <laughs> I'm fine. Who's up next? Alright, I'm gonna use acrobatics to get across. Go for it. I rolled a... 17. Right, a 17's the exact same thing, dude. So, uh, you also, you try to, like, parkour your way across, um, and you run out of your Jackie Chan wall running steam uh, about halfway through. Your legs land in, um, and you take 3d8 of damage, which is... It's fire damage, right? Yes. How does that work with the fire resist? Uh, that that doesn't play. It's a, d- a different spell called resist energy. That would have helped. And unfortunately, I didn't prepare it. You're going to take 12 damage. It sends around the cuff of my legs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Shira's going to use an acrobatics check. Because fuck the dead body bridge. And that's a 21. A 21. Uh, you make it across quite beautifully. So graceful. All right, Brent, does Dante want to try this? I mean, I'm going to I paused it on your whole dead body thing because we hadn't, I had not fully described with words the river you were looking at. Are you going to still throw them in the river and try to run on top of them? All right, Eli. There's got to be some type of roll that I have to beat in order to make this happen. It's going to be really, really high. Okay. I'm doing, I'm doing the... For that, then Dante's going to go ahead and still put all the bodies in there with the gold coins. Viking Dope. shit. Mm-hmm. It's badass. Dope. Voila. Then he's going to go up and be I like, I need you to calculate the number of gold coins that you're spending on this. Uh, I've already minus them from the fuck ton of money we just made. You did. I rolled a 28 for the athletics check. Okay. Then you good. I fucking... You're, you made it. So what this looks like, I think, is if you did the acrobatics check, you Jackie Chan run-walled it, yeah. you parkoured it, um, and so you just like ran really fast and then tried to jump and jump across. If you athletics checked it, you basically rock climbed, hand over hand style, like Link in the Wind Temple. Gotcha. It was athletics. Okay. You guys have made it to their side. I, I want to use my healer's tools to heal everybody back up, but I feel like we should do it away from the magma. Okay, great. Okay, I'll do Briggs first. Uh, 15 on the die, so that, that got it. That's a 25. Uh, so you get 2d8 back. 10 points of healing for Briggs. Ooh, I'm almost full. Uh, let's see if I can get lucky on me. Ooh, 17 on the die for me. So yeah, that's 2d8 for me as well. Uh, 10 points for me too. And here we go. You spritz burn heal on them. Awesome. The path continues around a blind corner, opening up into a room with a huge pit along one wall, which falls 30 feet into a lake of lava. The tracks lead to a huge 13-foot-tall 
black crystal in the center of the room. From within it, a golden light seems to glitter. Beyond the crystal, at the edge of the lava pit, stands a figure in a long, hooded black cloak. They're facing away from you, and they're not yet noticing you. Magic swells around their outstretched hands, and you feel a cold breeze cut through the cavern. Beneath them, a river of fire is turning to solid rock, and plumes of pressure burst from the rapidly cooling surface. The figure turns. It's a half-elf woman with long white hair and nut-brown skin. A firefoot fennec fox peeks out of her hood. In fact, you'd recognize her anywhere. It's Gwen, the sorcerer who recently left your party and the final member of the Falcon Four. Roll for initiative. What? What?